Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this extra episode of the Manchester's Red Podcast. My name is Seb Parkinson and I am delighted to be joined by one of our senior football writers, Tyrone Marshall. Tyrone has recently written a fantastic piece about what the takeover bidders should make of the financial results. And we're also going to talk a little bit about transfers a bit later on. But Tyrone, for those of us who don't really understand what all this means, me being one of those people, can you just explain what this means, what the financial results mean, what it means for the future, and we'll get into talking about the transfers a little bit later on. Yeah, I wouldn't say I understand them that much better than than you, Seb, but thankfully I I, I know people who can help shed a bit of light on them as well. Um, and yeah, it's going well. I certainly think I'll still be sat here seven and a half months after United have put off a sale still talking about a takeover, but there we go. Um, I mean, in terms of the takeover, I, I don't think it really changes a lot. Um, I mean, the two the two main bidders the two bidders looking for for control uh Ratcliffe Jim Ratcliffe and the Qatari bid led by Sheikh Jazim would be aware of these figures they know what kind of business Manchester United is nothing in this will really surprise them I think um it it, it wasn't the juiciest set of results we've had over the years United have changed it recently so that the um they used to do a conference call every three months and we'd hear from people involved in the club about what the results mean and things like that. They only do that once a year now, I think. Um, so we, we just get this set of results really and interpret it any way you can and, and what comes out of it really. Like I said, there wasn't loads in it. The headline the headline figure in, in terms of a positive was that United are now predicting record revenues, 630 to 640 million, they estimate, in, in revenues. And that's in the Europa League year. So it tells you that this football club is still a revenue-making machine. Commercial income is going up. Match day income has gone up. Um, broadcast income fell, but only slightly. And that's with Europa League football. Um, it, it would suggest that 2023-24 would be an even bigger year with Champions League football in there. It shows that they're still a, a commercial juggernaut, basically, that they they continue to just make money like it's it's going out of fashion, really. Um so they can still make a hell of a lot of money, but they can still lose money as well. And at the end of the day, there, there was an operating loss again for the three months to uh, to March the 31st. That was the the period covered the three months up until March the 31st this year. Um, they didn't make as big an operating loss as a year ago for those three months, but it was still a loss. Um, that piece you mentioned earlier, I spoke to Kieran Maguire, who's probably a name that'll be familiar to a lot of football fans certainly ones who have read about financial stuff he runs the price of football podcast and 
wrote a book of the same name and and knows what he's talking about in in this regard. Um, he'd actually been through United's last ten years of results and for all the money they've made over the last ten years, and they they could have made more. Let's be fair. I mean, they've not won the league in those ten years, but for all the money they've made, that ten years it covers a loss of six million pounds. So this is a business that basically doesn't make a profit. Um, and, and how you go and turn that into a profit is difficult to see. I mean, in, in terms of a takeover, it's nothing new, but, um, you know, I, I can't, remember, can't remember the exact phrase Kieran used, but basically it was, why, why on earth is anyone trying to spend £6 billion on this business when it doesn't make any money? And then as soon as you spend £6 billion, you've got to spend another billion probably on, on Old Trafford. And then you compete in a transfer market with Chelsea, throwing around money like it's going out of fashion with Newcastle, who are going to be shopping in the same market as United soon. City are already shopping in the same market as United. So from a purely business point of view, there's there's not a lot of sense in, in buying this club for that sort of money. But we know that it's probably not been bought on a, on a business point of view. Um, Kieran described it as, why would you buy it unless you're buying it as a, a glorified Banksy or a Mona Lisa? And, and that's, I think we all know that's what Qatar are doing and Sheikh Jazim's doing that you know they're they're looking to buy a hundred percent of the club wipe out all the debt develop Old Trafford they're not really looking to make money out of it at the moment it's a you know it, it's a state project essentially isn't it um within EOS the, the bid is obviously for less um it's for only the Glazer shares it includes Joel and Avram staying on um and it's more of a business proposal I guess um but yeah, the, the the you know the headline that it, there's nothing in this w- would raise eyebrows in either camp. I don't think, but it just shows the reality is that it's a business that finds it very hard to to make money. And I guess you know they're they're not losing money hand over fist, but they're not they're not making it either. And it's hard to see in the next few years, at least, when you've got Old Trafford as uh, the problem that it is, how they go about making money. Yeah, we saw that Old Trafford was sort of painted. I think in the winter, wasn't it? And the the new shirt was released on Tuesday. We're recording today on Wednesday, and there was. We were there, we were outside, uh, we had Sam Hutchison covering it from, from the ground. There was a protest of around 100 people turned up. You know, United's released a new shirt, £80 for this new shirt. And, you know, the the, the revenues there, you know, the shirt sales is, is obviously going to be a, a, a big pull for uh, for revenue coming in. But you've written a piece on um, the, the idea of this Caicedo coming in and the United sort of an alternative to Mason Mount. Now... With the results of the the financial results coming in, what what does that mean, if anything, for the for the sort of players, the the caliber of player, the 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 expense of the player that United can to look at bringing in this summer? I I don't think it changes it too much. I mean, United say that their biggest issue is with financial fair play, and now why that is is hard to get a handle on. Um, myself and Samuel have actually written pieces around financial fair play today. They'll be going live on the website um, this after, or around lunchtime. That's Wednesday lunchtime. Um, it, it's difficult. United aren't going to reveal what what their concern is, but looking at the FFP rules, it's difficult to fully understand where their where their concern is. Um, I mean, UEFA's new rules have been phased in gradually, but by 2025-26, I think they're like seventy percent of revenue on wages and transfers and agents fees. Now, United wages to turnover ratio is 50% at the moment, which is very, very good. And it's helped by, it's gone down significantly since Ronaldo left. The The transfers elements of that might be a concern. The last the last we saw in, in previous accounts was that they owed, I think back in January, £307 million on, 
on transfer fees and things in fees that are paid in instalments that's an astronomical amount there's also the issue over um losses you're allowed to make it's 60 million euros over three years between uefa it's 105 million over three years in the premier league but 90 million of that has to be written off by owners or owners have to put that money into the club and the glazers don't put any money into the club so essentially for united it's 15 million over three years which I think is perhaps a, a bigger concern and, and might be why United are stressing that they are worried about FFP, that the, the Glazers basically aren't going to put that £90 million in, especially not at a time when they're looking to sell. Um, I, I think there's also a sense that it's maybe a bit of a negotiating tactic and a look at us, we've got FFP concerns. Like, come on, Chelsea, we're, we're not going to go any further for Mason Mount. So, you know, from, from what we understand, they've got a budget of around 100 to £120 million. That can be topped up with sales. It shows why they won't go any higher for Mason Mount. Um, they don't they don't want to get ripped off, but also they know they need a new striker as well, possibly a goalkeeper. Um, so I, I don't think it changes a lot. Um, it does suggest that they should have more to play with. When a club is making this sort of revenue, they should be able to outspend all of their rivals, really. But for whatever the reason is that, that they are concerned about FFP, they have been stressing now since January that it is an issue. You know, January they they started did three very cheap loan deals basically. Um, so there is there is something there, but that seems to be the biggest driver in this window that they are concerned that they're going to fall foul of someone's FFP rules. And I imagine it's probably UEFA's UEFA are kind of more severe with this thing than the Premier League. Um, so it's something certainly United have an eye on, and I think that's that's the bigger issue. As much as they've posted record revenues, the one thing that people around the club were keen to stress yesterday was that it basically doesn't mean they've suddenly got a transfer budget of 200 million rather than 100 million because it's dictated by FFP and, and previous spending levels. Yeah, and, and you were talking about those lunchtime pieces. Samuels has actually gone out and I've seen that when you look at the MUFC hashtag on Twitter, the aggregators have pulled a line from that which is the Glazers have never invested a single penny into United since they completed their takeover in May 2005. So for anybody watching who do, does want to uh, read that in full, there's a brilliant article by Samuel Lucas that's just gone live at the time of recording on the Manchester Evening News in full, talking about the FFP and the financial implications on Man United. But Ty, thanks very much for joining me. Before we go, I just want to sort of ask you about... Um, the Onana situation and, and what you know if you know anything obviously the, the talk was that De Gea was offered a contract he signed a contract or he signed a, a deal United then pulled back from it so without me being clunky about it what 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 are the what is the meat of that and sort of where do United see the goalkeeping situation from your perspective um from from what we were told earlier in the week uh, I did I included this in a piece on on Monday that talks were basically still alive were still ongoing um was told that they could. Friday is obviously a deadline of sorts, and his contract expires on Friday. Um, so come Saturday, he's he's basically no longer employed by Manchester United, but he could resign next week or the week after if he hasn't signed for anywhere else. De Gea, that is. Um, it's it's pretty clear there's been things going on behind the scenes with that contract that United have gone cooler on the idea of of keeping him, and and the talk from Ten Hag even has has got a little bit cooler. Um, the impression I got on Monday was that it it maybe wouldn't be a surprise if something was agreed this week, um, but I 
I, I, you know, I think there's an element here of United are testing the market with with goalkeepers. We know Inada is a player that Ten Hag likes. He, he played 145 games for him at Ajax, um, and he fits the bill in terms of his his passing ability with his feet. So he's he's definitely a player that United like. But again, it's you know it's this FFP issue. It's that 120 million pound budget issue that Inada and Mason Mount will cost probably 120 million pounds. Um, between them and then you haven't got a striker and a striker was the priority for this window so it, it is a case of United trying to pull rabbits out of the hat really they might like Anana, but can they spend £120 million on Mountain Anana and then not have a goalkeeper so I think there's kind of a, a situation ongoing where it's that they they would consider maybe keeping De Gea as a compromise while also looking at Anana and at some point very soon that they're going to have to decide which way to fall on that, I think. And and obviously, you know, from, from Saturday, De Gea will be unemployed. We know he's got offers from, from Saudi Arabia. I think every footballer in the 30s in Europe has got an offer from, from Saudi Arabia. Um, his intention this year has always been to stay. He said last summer he wanted to end his career at United, but there is a sense as well that he's probably being messed around a little bit. And I think United are, are still a bit unsure exactly which way they want to fall with that goalkeeping situation. Brilliant, Ty. Thanks very much. Really appreciate your time today. And uh, for the listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this little bit of an extra Manchester's Red podcast. We'll be back for a full episode on Friday where the boys will well and truly be back in town. All of the best names and faces that you're used to seeing on YouTube and listening to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Manchester's Red podcast will return this Friday. And of course... All the talking points about transfers, takeover, financial results, FFP, you name it, they have got it covered. If you don't re- hear it on the podcast, you can read it on the Manchester Evening News. We've got our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, website, you name it, we are there. So thanks for listening once again. We will see you again very soon.